Cast with me, Emmett Lewis, my glorious co-host Mikael Christiansen, and some questionable origami dancing in the background. Oh, is there? Things going, Mikael. No, no, it's not questionable uh, at all. But it's oh, just no, so I can see uh, on my screen. Yeah, Tyrannosaurus. Okay, that's um, better. Yeah, and uh, it, that's the Tyrannosaurus Rex skeleton, and it's the housemaid, and it's the phoenix that you can see over there. Yeah. Neither are my designs. Like my table and my the entire that part of my room is basically packed with everything I designed the last uh, year and a half, I think. So uh, my entire room is basically, or like my entire apartment is like half of a origami laboratory. But yeah, what is up? Um, long time, no cast. Um, yeah. Very long, long time, no cast. cast. It's been a while, yeah. You could say that. I hope um, people have missed us. Like, this is the kind of thing <laughs> doing the cast. Like, maybe they're not missing us. Yeah. Maybe no one cares we're gone. Yeah, like, I mean, I I don't know if it, like, I mean, we can occasionally see that there are numbers going up and down, depending on how many did listen, but that doesn't really give me much of a, of a sensation at all, except when someone said, oh, you said this on the pad, on the cast. I'm like, did I? Yeah, I probably did, but I have no memory of, <laughs> of can't recollect yeah. anything. Like, so. I think, uh, yeah, on the cast, who do we have? Okay, we had Matt Strana asking a couple of times where we are, mm. including today. So, thank you, Matt. <laughs> Yeah, I've had, only, a couple only, of, yeah. had a couple of people too, like asking occasionally or like, uh, but, but what seems to be interesting is that people, like new people that discover it started episode one and then they kind of go through it, which I think is fine. So I guess yeah. like it, it, it's it's not like we've invented a new handstand since the first one. So um, what are you talking about? We're going to talk about our new handstand we've invented. It's it's the latest and greatest handstand invention, that a new way to stand on the hands stabilizer 2000 it's gonna it's gonna change everything for everyone handstand gyroscope someone made a gyroscope backpack recently i seen it it's a scene on youtube or someone pushed it. i was like oh look i can walk on a tightrope with no experience just doing my gyroscope backpack so I'm like oh maybe we should invent this for like one-arm handstands yeah or, or, or Maybe like like make like this like basically what they use on high wire. They're super long rods to to keep you balanced. You just like smack yeah. one of those on, on onto your body, and it just like automatically stabilizes you. Yeah, super long legs. You could just get like. Well, we, we we need to get some of those fucking machines that people have made that are like supposed to help you handstand because they're all absolutely terrible. I really like, I'd love to have like a collection of all the garbage kind of accessories that's been made the last years. I don't, there's not that many of them, but there are a few and like some of them are supposed to be like really helpful and like change your game. And it's just yeah. like, like, I it's get, just an inversion table that goes a bit more inverted. It's just so far. They're, they're utterly useless, all of them. Uh, because like, and like, I, I even wanted to kind of like make, um, make a thing out of making like, basically started selling a wall that would be like yeah, yeah. I, I did that on the instagram story once i made the verticalizer 2000 which is like 
basically like a an insanely 90 degree flat surface like revolutionary for handstand training oh my god buy it now um <clears throat> but yeah we, we should we should try, try to get our hands on some of those just just for shits and the giggles and see see what kind of we should we should or maybe you can make even make an act with them like you just like take the piss by and you can see if you can actually manage to do anything with them that would be yeah i think it'd be interesting I think that's what we should start canvassing donations for in mm. the cast. We have to, you have to send us money, and we're gonna not spend it on anything useful. We have a buy me a coffee thing. Everyone send money there. We'll buy a shit handstand device every month, and we'll test it out. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Like, and then, 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 then we can just keep on going further. We can just keep buying like shit, uh, shit uh, fitness stuff like. What was that called? The Jawser's eyes? The one that's gonna like chisel your jaw by like chewing yeah. on this fucking piece of rubber. I love that shit. It's so stupid that I just wanna. I like, like the best one is they sold a set of them where it's like a harder and harder dog ball to chew on. It's basically a dog ball, let's be honest with ourselves here. Yep. But then they had one where it's like you wear on a cord around your neck so you can just like <laughs> chew on your ball whenever you're waiting for the bus, whatever you're doing. So it's never far away. And oh, you just God. like you take your Take your chewed on saliva you ball and then just tuck it back in your shirt when you get off the bus or yeah. have to talk to someone. Delicious. <laughs> also, also the fact of like they probably like designed it so it's supposed to look a bit cool when you have it around your neck. It's just like it's so deranged. It is so utterly fantastically deranged. I love that kind of stupid shit. But know. um yeah. so what's up with you then? Uh yours like motion chapel has been kind of set up and all kinds of things. Yeah. Motion yeah, motionizing in the chapel. Yeah, it's, I don't know, right now it's like fucking snowing outside. We've got snow in Ireland, or once a year, one day of snow, which is fucking freezing in this place, actually, to be I honest. I can imagine. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, okay, let's explain. So my roof kind of blow blew off the other week, so I've been dealing with big holes in my roof, so I can feel the drop coming from, 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 from the storm? Yeah, from the storm, like, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, God. Uh just yeah, well, it happened when we were in fucking Costa Rica. We only found. I remember you talked back. about it, but yeah. like last time I spoke to you, you you hadn't checked whether or not like or you weren't home yet, so you hadn't gotten to yeah. see if you got wrecked. So there's that. So it's all kind of patched up at the moment, but obviously now we have to deal with the insurance company to fix that shit, which is good actually because it means I get my roof properly fixed. Mm. But dealing with that, uh, what else going on? Yeah, the Dumble Dog is still dumbling along. He's Every day he's dumbling. <laughs> it's getting better. It's getting better. Slowly but surely. Yeah, slowly but surely. The baby loves him. Him and the baby get on quite pretty well. She feeds him. He just exists under her high chair. Yeah. And just whatever like food she's got. It's like trickle down economics, but just in scrap <laughs> food for the dog. It's yep. like here's the baby sitting on her high chair with all the gold, and just occasionally she like scatters it down on the dog. Yeah, that that is that that is trickle down economics. So like, like the the baby gets actual food, and then like tiny yeah. tiny little pebbles fall down to the plebs. Yeah, so, or uh, the stuff she kind of chews and spits out, and then yeah, exactly. pebbles to the dog. Yeah. So very uh, very perfect comparison. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like um, <clears throat> I was thinking like yeah for our uh, our dear listeners, we um, last thing we kind of did together was the. The uh, aforementioned um, intensive in Costa Rica uh, at yeah. a like pretty sick venue um, called Airborne, which is like basically located in, in the mountains in, in Costa Rica, kind of in the south, yeah. I think. 
um pretty crazy location it was like kind of jungle in the mountains sort of um setup and they had like it's basically kind of like a an aerial retreat center where they do a bunch of just like aerial arts sort of stuff and they have like yeah. a flying trapeze rig there and stuff which some people wanted to, to do but obviously wasn't kind of the the main mission uh for us there yeah. uh, so was... the chance to go on the rig was there yeah it already turned out to be a very costly decision for me because my partner went on it and she fell in love with flying trapeze <laughs> so now we probably have to put a flying trapeze in the monasterium Rip. it's one of my secret skills i can actually do flying trapeze badly <laughs> But I can do it. Huh. I can catch on it pretty well, though. But yeah. it's just like, oh shit! Now we're gonna have to thing to get uh, one. To get that one. Isn't, that isn't that isn't a small item. Uh, no, those be much better if she's just is. like, oh, I've done an aerial pole class or an aerial hoop class. I want one of them. I was like, okay, that's you know, two or three hundred quid. That's fine. Not twenty to thirty grand, but here we are. Yeah. <laughs> so she seemed to love. It. She, she seemed to love it, but she said like her lats were like sore for a week after or something. Yeah, uh, it's kind of the first big physical thing she's done since having the baby, other than just bits and pieces. So, mm. yeah, it's kind of. But it's also like there is that interesting thing about flying trapeze, is it's basically like you don't really feel it too much because your swing isn't too much, but you're kind of you're experiencing a lot of g forces, and you're mm. hanging, and everything's kind of stretched out, and you just like end up sore in some ways you just don't even imagine how sore you are. Mm even though you've never like you haven't done anything mm. like you know or you know you go five or six times off the platform you're like okay cool even if you've done tumbling you're like oh i've done tumbling you're like oh cool let's try this out you're like oh, i just feel sore in a weird way mm. it just has it has something about it like gets you yeah so it's definitely but like the, the, you... there, there's there's less power than than swing trapeze right like in like it's in swing trapeze they really push and they go like super high each swing uh not well this is the thing it depends on how you take off because like you are trying mm. to drive the power on the swing with the beat oh, yeah that's fair it's the same like underbar swing as on a swing in trapeze mm. you're just not standing on it oh yeah, so yeah it's fair enough it yeah. is kind of like yeah it's yeah it's similar but different mm. but uh yeah, yeah it's... It was that. that was kind of cool i have to say like we went to costa rica there's a lot of wildlife there we've seen fuck all of it <laughs> yeah, like, two, two, i was told like though Toucans. You've seen toucans, yeah. That's what I was about to say. We've seen toucans, they're fucking cool. Uh whereas I was told like slots were all over the place. I went looking for slots, I couldn't find a single one. So Costa Rica gets a red X for that. Uh we're told there was howler monkeys in the jungle. I heard them. It sounds literally howler monkeys do sound like a demon in the dark. I don't know if you heard them in the morning. No, like, I never heard of them actually. Did you not? Okay, well it it doesn't sound like a howl. A howl you'd kind of think of like, oh, a wolf howling at the moon, kind of high pitch. No, no, no. This kind of sounds like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm not going to imitate the sound, but it just sounds like deep rumbling, kazadum kind of <laughs> shit. And then the other one was like, there's some kind of cat in the jungle that sounds like a baby. It sounds like a baby mm. slightly in distress. And you're like, oh. I wonder how many people have been caught out with that one. It's like, oh shit, I better go save the baby in the jungle. <laughs> Psych, it's a panther. You just got <laughs> fucked. <laughs> would, be a, would, be, would be a good like big cat strat to be able to do that. So yeah. they, can, they can just wreck you when, when you go and, and, uh, and look for the little one. But it was, yeah, it was super cool. Um, super cool down there and like good, good spirited group um, doing a shit ton of handstands. Um, 
so it was pretty nice. Um, since then, like since I got back, I've basically just like been been trying to get get back into training a bit um, and preparing for like a bunch of like upcoming projects uh, that are like basically it's pretty calm right now until March. But in March, it's gonna like start ramping up a bit where we. I think take... for a bit of comedy at your expense, you need to tell people about your adventure on getting to Costa Rica. Oh God! Oh fucking hell! <laughs> rage still pissed off about that and I, I probably won't get any insurance money back either fucking hell so okay uh for context i flew to uh, amsterdam to fly from there because that was the cheapest um return ticket all in all uh so i stayed one night at the hotel in like out like in uh, close to the airport in amsterdam then when i was going to fly in the morning i go to the airport i'm there in really good time three hours before i'm going to check in and the girl tells me because i was going to fly to Costa Rica through Houston in the United States. Uh, I had no idea that you needed an ESTA visa to go to um, or to to switch planes in the United States. So for those of you who don't know, an ESTA visa is kind of like an entry visa for the U.S. And I thought it had to do with going into the country and staying there because I've made I've done those before, and there's so many questions about where you're gonna stay, how you how long you're gonna stay, where you like. Uh, when you're gonna leave, blah blah blah, and like a ton of questions whether or not you've been like a like a part of a terrorist organization or if you've like done organ extractions on people without consent uh, or uh, hold on. I need to find those questions because I there, think we should read them out. <laughs> there are some rather insane ones, uh, but but like the entire thing, like I just had no idea you needed that to tr to transfer because I like. Technically, you don't pass border control, right? So I didn't, didn't think you were really in the United States because the ESTA is needed when you go through border control, I thought. So I got wrecked and couldn't board the plane. I had to book another ticket for the day after um, because it takes it takes 72 hours, up to 72 hours to get this fucking ESTA. And I, I couldn't sit there and just hope that I was going to get one because I needed to be at the goddamn retreat in, in time. So I decided to just say fuck it and bought uh, bought another ticket. Uh, Ten minutes before takeoff of the original flight, I got the fucking ESTA. Um, that wouldn't have helped me because I couldn't check in, of course. But uh, extra rage. Uh, then I spent like twelve hundred euros buying another ticket, flew to Costa Rica, and I had to stay another night in Amsterdam too because this was the day after I was gonna like the next ticket. So fly to Costa Rica, do all the things there. Then I'm gonna fly home. And then there's like a cancelled flight because of like a storm um, close to Amsterdam, which I was also returning to. So they put me on another flight and then I got to Amsterdam way too late for the, the flight home to Stockholm. So I had to book a new ticket the day after, which was really expensive and another hotel night. So it cost me like a million billion euros and loads of rage. So that was not yeah. very pleasant. <laughs> no, it's pretty like... Well, you got there in the end, which is always pretty good. Yep. Okay, I have to read these ESTA eligibility questions because <laughs> I know you got like this thing. We have a lot of American listeners. I don't think you understand the questions your government is asking people <laughs> to just transit through your country. Uh, okay, first off, do you have any physical or mental disorder? Or are you a drug abuser or addict? Or do you currently have any of the following communicable diseases? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Cholera, diphtheria, tuberculosis, plague smallpox, yellow fever, viral hemorrhagic fevers, including Ebola, Lassa, Marburg, Crimean, Congo, severe acute respiratory illness, cable transmission to another person, or likely to cause mortality. 
this is the kind of thing. It's so vague. We're just like, if you answer yes to all of these, you're not allowed in. This is the rules. You're just not allowed into the States. Now, obviously, some of these diseases are like fine, but like, uh, do you have a physical disorder? Yes, I, I don't know. I suffered a low back pain. Is that a physical disorder? I have low back pain, like 80% of the population. Not allowed in. Shit. Okay, <laughs> next one. Uh, uh, you know, classic one. Have you been convicted of a crime that was damage to property? Blah, whatever, fine. Have you violated any law related to possessing, using, or distributing illegal drugs? I haven't been caught violating the laws. This. These are like very <laughs> strategic questions or answers here. You know, you get very solicitors on that. Uh, do, do, do. do you seek to do you seek to engage in or have you ever engaged in terrorist activities, espionage, sabotage, or genocide? I wouldn't be a very good spy now if I could <laughs> not lie on that one, would I? <laughs> uh, do, do, do. Have you ever committed fraud? Okay, fine. Are you currently seeking employment in the US? Blah. Have you denied US visa? Blah. Have you ever stayed? Okay. Uh, here. Have you traveled to or been present in Iraq, Syria, Iran, Sudan, Libya, Somalia, or Yemen on or after March 1st, 2011? Well, officer, I managed to leave there on the 28th of February, so I'll answer no to that one. <laughs> or have you traveled to or stayed in Cuba since January 12th, 2021? Like, these are very precise dates. Yeah. And obviously, <laughs> I don't pay attention to like the states as like, you know, the news and the reasons for them, but it's like, it's like, yeah, no, it's there till January the 11th, officer. Mm -hmm. So I answered no to that one. It's, uh, yeah. But also, like, if I was a criminal and I was reading all these things, I wanted to go to the States, like, I'm not going to answer yes to them. It's no. pretty easy to, to just say no, right? That, that That's kind of was my, yeah. my logic, too, especially about, like, the terrorist organization things or, like, I think there's one, like, have you have you ever employed child soldiers, which I found fun. Rather, yeah, rather specific. I, don't that one. I think that's on the green slip you get coming into the states, might be. Might yeah, be. I remember that one. So it is kind of you know, probably by joking about this on the podcast now, we've made a hit list, and that's fine, it's okay, it's fine. But it is a bit weird. Your country <laughs> is a bit weird, Americans. I love it, but it's a bit weird. I love you guys, but you're all a bit weird, <laughs> just a bit weird, anyway. Uh, What's new in the world of handstand? So we invented a new handstand shape. Mm. Yeah. So an, another an, an, another thing that's new is uh, I posted about that briefly yesterday um, with uh, someone that might be um, um, what's it called guests on our podcast in the very near future. Uh, <sighs> two good friends of mine named uh, Joey Martino and Elaine Brignon. She's like she's Frenchy. So. Uh, but um, they basically made like a super sick, um, like actually really nice like art movie with with handstands um, with like a common friend yeah. of ours. Um, it's really really nice. Where like they were like experimenting a lot with these like, kind of round blocks and like rolling them around and like doing like the loads like duo stuff. That was super sick. Um, yeah. But yeah, what else? Uh, I mean, there isn't that know, much I, new I, shit, I, is there? When, when can we do something like, new I with think handstands? That, that video is. It kind of puts handstand in an interesting context, actually. I think I'll explain. And hopefully we might have these on guests so they can explain better. We like, explain yourself. But if we think about, like, one of the things that changed in a lot of sports and things, the invention of the camera. Now, obviously, we're watching things. But if we think about, like, extreme sports or sports that involve a lot of risk, but the payoff, like, like 
you know, we have opposing team sports. It's like, oh, did I throw the ball hard enough at the next person to go in the net or shit like this? It's like, okay, it doesn't. It kind of resets a little. But whereas in skateboarding, rollerblading, BMXing, snowing, snowboarding, snowing, uh, all these kind of extreme sports, there is kind of like a proposition of a risk. And then there's always a camera dude. There's always that dude when you go skateboard. Not when you go skateboarding. When you watch skateboarders, there's always some of them doing the tricks. And there's a guy with a camera on a low handle who's always just like following behind them. Mm to hopefully capture that one time when they get the thing working. Mm. So this is one of the things that is uh, very interesting about this video is like, oh, they've made some stuff that obviously had a, the risk of pulling this off on stage and under stage conditions, particularly with like a lot of stages, like they're doing a lot of rolling stuff on the floor with these bricks that you'll, hopefully you'll see, because hopefully you'll acquire this thing and look at it. It's, just going to be inconsistent setups and maybe work or maybe not. And mm. Whereas in this, they're able to go like, actually, we're able to present a lot of these risks and challenges and we're actually able to record them a few times so we get it right. Mm. And it's kind of an interesting thing because we always, you know, propose on, on circus, like there is this proposition of like, I'm going to swing through the air and grab the next thing. I'm going to climb the rope and do stuff. I'm going to throw all these balls and do stuff. And if it doesn't work, you don't get to see the thing. Mm. Whereas this way you can actually do things where you know, I don't know, it's, you could do stuff at a very high level that you know is risky, but you can get it enough times to actually make the movie. Yeah. And I thought that was a very interesting idea. Yeah, there is something, I mean, I think that, that sort of thing is, uh, it also bridges an interesting gap, like if you think on one, one, one hand, you have like the sports thing where you will, you will compete the things in real time and that's all that matters. And then on the other hand, you have like social media stuff where you like, you will like inconsequentially like post various things that might be like way beyond your skill level, but it's kind of this like one-off thing that you'll do in a practice session or something. Yeah. While, while these things, like they, they do it a lot in skateboarding, they do it in juggling. I know a lot with like a lot of like the, the, the videos they make that like, it's kind of, it, it becomes more about like you're creating a piece of art that's specific to its context. And I do know that like people yeah. have made circus movies before people have made dance movies, etc. But like, there's something to that thing of when you're, you're taking specific material that like, and like, I mean, like when we talk to Elaine and, and Joey, they can explain about this themselves, but I do know that they decided to make this because it was like the, they, when they were researching, they found loads of material that was like, okay, this isn't fit for stage because it's too complicated to make work, but it's very cool. How can we, how can we make this interesting? Cause both of them, like they have, like have, they have posted similar things on social media and stuff. And that, that is nice. But here there's yeah. like a whole extra element of like they've created not only created sequencing that is going to look nice and difficult but they've also thought about okay how is this going to be angled how is it going to be portrayed like what's their costume yeah. what's the lighting how where does the camera move the music set to it so it kind of it it is similar to the thinking of making an act in a way it's just that you have like the the video editing as a part of making the choreography as well in a way and I think that what you said about, like, I mean, skateboarding and snowboarding and stuff, like, a large part of that community was, and still is, like, based around those, like, tapes and videos that they were making, like, yeah. that wasn't just, like, okay, I'm going to do the kickflip, but it's kind of, like, a specific setup, a specific place, can they make this certain combination work on these, like, surfaces? Because they went around, they found a cool place where something is might work, 
and then like yeah. they, they have to shoot it a bunch of times because it's it's not something you can make to work once and it's the same like yeah. yeah the snowboard movies when they have like the helicopter shots and the other guy following down with like specific specific camera setups or like even 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 climbing movies have seen that stuff like where like they are documenting the type of practice the type of art form in a different light that that is not better or worse than an act or a competition or whatnot it's just like it it, it, it yeah. does something else and that that's very cool um so um, yeah i think because like we're so used to seeing like if you want to look at long form handstands and long form other stuff it's like oh okay, you see a circus act if they had a bit of money maybe they shot it from three angles and they cut between the angles or maybe got a couple of nights but that's kind of what you see if you want to watch something for like whatever whereas this it's still a stage framing it's mm. still under stage lighting conditions which are for the stage and for the audience not for the camera mm. Whereas this is like, oh, we're actually really putting a lot of effort into how the viewer is getting interesting viewpoints and things you wouldn't necessarily ever see. Yeah. If you just watch some, like, even if you just watch in the room watching someone practice, it's probably weird that you wouldn't get down on the floor and see something at this exact time with this mm. exact setup. Mm. So it is very, yeah, it's very interesting. It's very cool that it's gone this way. I think yeah. It's probably the first kind of handstandy thing like this. Yeah. It's I, like, there might have been some others that like are similar I, and I'm, i think i've seen some stuff like this in handstand but this one is like it's very thorough and uh, i don't want to talk too much about it now because of of, of uh, yeah. us wanting to have them on but uh as like a concept that thing of of uh of visual like creating visual art with it through through the camera medium i think is a very and like i've even been i thought about that a little bit that like since that is like a little bit of a shame that has happened since kind of the short format uh, social media kind of took over with like the more uh, instagrams tiktok sort of time frames where it's like th there are still people that do spend like a tremendous amount of effort creating videos there too but it's extremely rare you'll see something that goes on for a minute because it's just like the 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 algorithmic overlords will likely deprioritize your shit if it's too long and it's it's yeah it's better for your view like for your for pe people getting to see it if you make it by the rules of, of the robot in a sense while like if you if i think back like 2000 like 15 or 2010 kind of era like yeah. when you had like people were doing like the youtube videos like for example in, in tricking they still call their video compilation samplers you'd have like the yeah. sampler from this one dude and then like it's some someone who's like made like a full video, like with like not just sometimes just of training sessions, right? But sometimes also just like a bit like stylized because the the it's the entire video is what you're supposed to watch, which means that you have the ability and then maybe the will to to create something that is has more kind of like a not without becoming like a massive art movie. It still has kind of a a uh, you can create different perspectives you can set up different uh, ways with the camera you can edit you can do stuff to it that um yeah. that kind of like disappears a bit when it's like more of this kind of one clip sort of um situation that it ends up with on on kind of the, the uh within the social media how, how it is as now in a way so um, yeah it's kind of weird how like we've gone all the way back to short form content if you remember like early video on the internet like you just couldn't like 
post a big video anywhere. Mm, and the memory card couldn't even fit a big video. So you'd, like everything was like 20, 30, one minute. I think like YouTube, Revenize things were letting you do five minutes or something. Mm. That was like mind blowing when they allowed that. Mm. But I can even remember like even juggling videos back in the day. It was like, oh, you'd have to download them off someone's personal server. Mm. And there was a couple of people who were like, they actually had could pay money or had access and would make big videos because they had like access to it, like upload capacity. Mm. But on that, everyone was just doing like Windows Media Viewer, WMVs, mm. like on their website, about like 20 seconds long. Yeah, true. Yeah. It's, I, I also think it's like, and there's another like interesting aspect to this, which is like the, the art of the videographer, which is like, I think nowadays it's easy to think like, since everyone has access to like, a camera quality on their phone, which people could just dream about in like quite expensive shit, like 15, 20 years ago. Uh, like it's easy to think that, oh, I can shoot an as cool video as someone who's like spent a lot of time on refining their skills with the camera in a way. And I think that that's yeah. like a, one thing that's a bit like, um, I, I don't want to say maybe undervalued because I'm sure some people and like people that know what they're doing do value that, but, I definitely think it's there is something interesting in in the way that like people and and also which is about this video or juggling videos that I've seen or skateboarding videos where like the people that shot this they knew what they were looking for the artist knew what they wanted to have done as well but you can also see that yeah. like the person that shows this uh, understood that this is a process of 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 creating something that is going to fit in a specific format where where like. You can have stuff which will look awesome on stage and terrible on camera, or just like uh, awesome on camera and then terrible on stage. Like the, the yeah, like those two things can overlap, but they don't necessarily. Since you have like the the ability of working with, like you, like editing on stage is essentially choreography and light design and <laughs> sound design. It's like a kind of a different way you do it there. So it kind of can fulfill like a, a similar role in a way. Yeah, I can even think about like, say the Cirque du Soleil videos. So the early, early Cirque du Soleil shows were recorded and put out on videos, mm. and like it was all you know very good stuff for your like early Cirque, but they were just recorded kind of live theater performances. Mm. They're pretty shit to watch. Mm. Like they're great if you're gonna into this, but they weren't like thrilling and thing. But then. The later shows where they put out as DVDs, I'm not sure they still do it. Like they record them with a full team and probably done multiple takes with multiple angles and multiple mm. parts of the team to get them exciting and you know, to give you a kind of a DVD, a DVD experience of like what the show yeah. might be like. Yeah, it and it's still like not the same. It reminds me so. that they did make uh, Solstrom. Do you remember that one? Um, the the TV show kind of thing. Yeah, that was like uh, uh, Samuel Tetro was in that one. Uh, like for those of you who don't know, like he's a hand balancer from Seven Fingers. He's kind of like he was very influential yeah. and is like kind of a, a legend uh, of uh, of hand balancing, I'd say. But he, um, um, yeah, basically it's like like they took a lot of acts, I think, from maybe different Soleil shows, and then they, yeah. they made basically made like a vid, like it's it's a um, it's a video project, like. And it's kind of like a bit like kind of as if in a dream world. Like I, I remember he does his handstand act kind of in a, a in a prison cell. And then it's kind of, kind of like the, the dream world. It changes context. And then yeah. there's a big banquet hall where they do the, the Bankin act from, from Kidam and stuff. Um, yeah. So 
that was definitely like kind of video production circus but i'd say like it's it's definitely a more corporate uh, uh look well, to like, all of that this then. is the thing there was still there was still video production circus who were trying to make some a standalone video product mm. those independent true, shows true. but the acts were still just like i am doing a circus act and we're having it nicely recorded mm. it wasn't ever because they were just taking the acts out of the shows and just putting them into this context yeah that's true that's whereas true. It wasn't like, okay, we're going to set up this particular shot for this one thing that might take us a day to fucking film this one thing. Mm. And then, okay, and then the next thing will go and we have it storyboarded out. We have like all this material we're trying to put together. So it's just, it is a different thing. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, that's that, kinda... that, that is true. It, it also reminds me of um, like d during during the, the pandemic, there was. Um, um, like people were trying to like do a lot of these like online stream show things to basically find ways yeah. to still put on shows i guess it wasn't like obviously the most most um successful thing of all time um but um i mean i guess a good attempt but it's like obviously i i i do think that like like actual art art style videos in that sense is more interesting than when you when you try to create create an adaptation of what is supposed to be a stage live you being in the space experience i think like if when you yeah. do this kind of yeah skateboarding approach or so where you you take things that aren't supposed to be possible even to do always and you yeah. you make that those things count in a different way and every like I think it's one thing they do that's very cool in skateboarding videos is that very often they 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 keep a lot of bales and stuff just to you yeah. see like when they're gonna jump the fucking stairs and you see them like eight attempts they just eat shit and you know that yeah they probably spent like fifty attempts on this like over the course of several days and just wrecked themselves yeah. but like they did these are the best them. looking bales as well yeah not even like <laughs> it's not even just all the bales it's just like the best looking ones yeah yeah exactly but I, I think I think there's something really cool to that um, I think actually the girls also had made basically like a, a compilation of of all the times it, it didn't work because that is also like that's part of when you create such a thing right like okay because you're gonna go, yeah. go up there and you're gonna do this crazy sequence and you have to move the block and do your one arm and uh, it's just not gonna work so many times but the videographer is is rolling and shooting again yeah. and again so you're gonna end up with that that material and i think i think there's value to that like it, it's cool to to see and to kind of like um to involve in the process and in that sense reminds me it yeah, would be interesting definitely. to make something like that um i've never like done like a real video project in that sense but it would be sick that's oh, so you need to turn like the next incarnation of world into like an art house grindhouse movie <laughs> yeah maybe that's the thing yeah sp speaking oh, well, spe god you could do you could do like a trauma version of world <laughs> <laughs> that would be something we get lloyd kaufman and come and come and direct it that would be great I, I, uh, I watched a fair bit of trauma. If you don't know what trauma is, it's like a very low budget kind of uh, uh, movie production um, uh, house in the US. They made they made Toxic Avenger. That was one of their biggest successes, right? Yeah. And then they Toxic Avenger. They've done some parody movies like Blondes Have More Guns. Yeah. They have a million of those parody movies and they have a million movies in general. A lot of it is terrible. There's one I want to see though. That's kind of like, a, I think it's sort of a follow-up to Toxic Avenger 2. It's called Class of Nukem High. Uh, and yeah. but did, did they make Surf Nazis Must Die? I'm I can't sure. remember if that was them. I'm, I'm going to Google that right now. 
So audience, if you don't know, hold on. Surf. Yeah, they made Newcomb High. Surf. Yeah, I see it here. I got it up. Surf. They got Tromeo and Juliet. <laughs> uh, surf Nazis must die. No, it. Yeah, it's it's trauma. Yeah, it's trauma. Um, yeah. They got Poultry Geist. Yeah, that's the one with that's the chicken. I mean, like, right? they do a lot of like. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Clown Camp Massacre. It's 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 greatly bad a lot of this, but um, yes. So How many movies did it do? Oh, they did. They have done a lot, and they, they. I think they still keep making stuff. Um, they're, 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 yeah. they're pretty unhinged, both of them. I think. Um, uh, okay, a nymphoid barbarian in dinosaur hell. Yeah, exactly. They, they, they do. They do know how to use their, their titles. I have to say. Rabid grannies. <laughs> yeah, so here you hear like this is the unhinged version of the of the Hanstein cast. You've heard us do this before, yeah. perhaps, but uh, here we are again. Um, yeah, we're having a bit of a ramble cast because we've been back and haven't been, you know, we haven't been here in a while. Yeah. We fully acknowledge that. So we're back and we're giving you our best, literally our best. Yeah, this is all we got. We're sorry. There's like, <laughs> there's literal titles in this trauma thing where I just like can't actually read out on air. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, I think we need to watch a few of these. Yeah. They, they, they definitely have some, um, some watchable and some not so watchable content. I have Paradactyl Woman from Beverly Hills. What? It's literally what it sounds like. Paradactyl Woman, the dinosaur. Oh, Pterodactyl, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Fucking grand. Yeah, but um, yeah, I was going to say before, you, you mentioned Vald. Um, we're having some shows with, with that one now, finally, again. So we're going to rehearse in the north of Sweden in, in early to mid-March. And then we have some shows around, like, mid-March. Um, um, in Yeah, some in the north of Sweden and some in Copenhagen. The ones in the north of Sweden are in a town called Luleå, which is kind of out of the way for most people. So I, like, if you want to come from places and try to catch that show i'd rather look for copenhagen for the 20 i think it's the 23rd of march we're playing copenhagen uh, i'll probably post she goes that weird one we like this is the thing we should organize a trip to go watch one of your shows in some of these weird venues you play and like we'll get all our like handstand cast stands so we're gonna have like all you actual yeah Listeners. all you glorious people who listen in will come <laughs> then we'll do a moving showing where we'll watch paradactyl woman from beverly hills We'll yeah. watch the show and and then the, they, will, then they will never listen to any anything that we do ever again because they'll be like holy fucking yeah. shit these people are mad these people are actually degenerates yep. <laughs> and like, the whole image they put in the show it, is like it, as clean as they true. get it <laughs> yep 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 yeah but yeah we're playing a bunch of shows uh in um uh with that one and then we, ha we have a few more rolling up as well hopefully we'll be playing in berlin in in August um, at the Berlin Circus Festival. And there might be some in Czech Republic in the autumn. So there seems to be like, it's like basically some of you that listened to a lot of the Hanstein cast or like know the artistic side of my nonsense, uh, you might know yeah. about that show called uh, Wald, which, or Wald, which means forest in German. It's a hand balancing show with, with uh, five other pretty sick hand balancers. Um, and uh, we produced it like in 2021, it was finished. Like, it was a pandemic, so it was a mess to try to sell it. But now we are actually getting to the point where like, we we are getting some like, gigs lined up, which is what you need to get more gigs because people see it and producers can see it. And uh, hopefully book your thing because hopefully they like it. Hopefully, please like it. Um, 
but uh, yeah, so that is kind of the. When are you going to Japan again? Japan, that is in. When do I go to Japan? That's in December next year. Okay, it's not immediate. Yeah, that, that's the December. We're like it. It looks like we're gonna play. That is with another show. That is with uh, Sidkar with Knitting Peace. We might play both yeah. in um, both in Japan and in Macau. Actually, um, I don't know if Macau is finalized yet, but. Uh, Macau is a, a strange, strange place. Yeah, yeah, I've only been to Macau on like a visa run when I was uh, in uh, was teaching in yeah, Hong same Kong. Here. Yeah, so I just I just yeah. took the boat to Macau, went off, had them stamp my passport, and then took the boat back. That was like currently the standard procedure. To um, yeah, we had one of the circus company people who was here at Twisted Lane Productions, the, the woman who runs it. They she used to run production manager for all the big companies you can imagine in in Macau oh, really? and some of the stories she was telling me was, <laughs> as you would expect from like a kind of pseudo Vegas gambling hell yeah yeah I've heard but, it uh, it's kind of the Vegas of of Hong Kong isn't it or like of, of China yeah it's kind of Vegas of China it's like gambling's legal there kind of has that weird and it's not as big as Hong Kong but just yeah just like I think just put kind of like I think some woman I think it was her kid's birth either her 40th birthday or a kid's birthday and her budget for the birthday party was like $5 million. Oh, God. Like, and, you know, that's come up with creative ways of spending it. That is degenerate as fuck. So, yeah. Imagine, like, that's the thing. Imagine having $5 million to blow on a birthday party. That's one thing. I still wouldn't blow it on a birthday party. I'm sorry, all my friends. Yeah. I wouldn't invite you to a $5 million birthday party. I'd just blow it on, I don't know, something else. Yeah. So Yeah, it sounds pretty, pretty crazy. But yeah, like yeah, but that's 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 a bit farther into the future. Um, but looking forward to that. So basically, I think the moral of the story is everyone needs to buy more courses from us so we can get a five million. So we have so much money that blowing <laughs> it on a five million birthday party is irrelevant to us. Mm. Yes, that would be. That's my takeaway from all of this. Yeah, then then I'll uh, then I'll make sure to invite everyone on my five million dollar birthday. That I'll that I'll that I'll n never never organize anyway. And that's the thing, like I can't, I probably can't tell all the stuff that happened at this. It wasn't like nothing fear and loading in Las Vegas, which actually makes it even worse. Like if you have five million, you want to go like the full fear and loading experience, <laughs> but it's just even worse than that. Or right, I'll tell, I'll tell one little story. <laughs> I will not say the name of the artist because I thought this was hilarious. So they hired in some very well-known artists to come in and do like three songs. Very well-known artists. This artist writer had and she was paid like one million to do three songs and this uh this artist had in a writer that she wanted an all-white dressing room or well, dressing room had to be all white everything had to be white in it fair enough but also for after the show she had to have one little bottle of a specific type of whiskey like one of those one-shot bottles mm -hmm. not a full bottle she couldn't have a whiskey poured into a glass for her she needed the whiskey and a glass to pour it in herself and they kind of struggled to find this because like they had a whiskey bar in this hotel casino kind of place that had basically any whiskey you can imagine that would you know in bottle form as most whiskeys come and they even had this one and they had you know much more it wasn't even a super expensive whiskey it was like i don't know some some kind of scottish one so it wasn't even like super you've never heard of it rare but it had to be a small bottle which i don't even think they made so they had to figure out how to get one of these shipped in from Scotland. 
for like this one thing <laughs> where it's like oh we have like we have a bottle of whiskey here that's worth 50 grand would you not just prefer the whole bottle no no jesus christ yeah, yeah. that's um so, that, that's rich people for you <laughs> yeah basically so this is the treatment we guys are expecting when we finally come to your house to do a podcast mm-hmm. that could be pretty funny if we just take the podcast on the road but to like people's houses yeah, then we can make it into an art project and then we have have, have someone someone film that like proper fear yeah. loading us, us arriving at your house to record a podcast unhinged yeah unknown unknown about we're just going to turn up your house you have to submit your keys <laughs> and maybe we'll take your house but, but okay. you, you don't you don't even know if, if it's going to happen like you like or if you're even on the list yeah. for it that, but that, that was like that that was the the um, uh what's it called i i had the, the best idea once on how to make um <clears throat> like basically terror art uh where, where you would yeah. terrorize other artists uh so the, the concept would basically be like so you you you, ne- you never know if I, I if i'd show up but my art is to come on stage and ruin your show <laughs> so yeah. so like at any point, you don't know if I'm if I'm in, in I'm I'm in town. You you have no idea like if I'm gonna come to your show tonight. But I might. I like there is like the chance is never zero that I am not in the audience. And if I am, I just I just come up and I start some shit and I I, I wreck your show by like doing my own show in inside of yours and everyone hates me. But uh, then I'm an artist cunt who is like um uh what, what's the word very um uh what's the word when you're uh Very sel- cool. self-righteous so you don't give a fly i don't give a flying fuck i just come in there and like look at my art i am so fulfilled because i did i did you know, my art that's a concept that like you could probably get a lot of funding for if you pitch I, it the right I, way I, I'm, I'm not surprised if someone didn't already do that like with all the kind of counterculture art stuff that's been happening through there like through i know years. that kind of concept has been done like i know it's been done like in the 60s and that kind of thing or like by different bands showing up people at different shows and other stuff mm. but yeah well no one's done it recently no one's done it in circus yeah i feel like like everyone would love of... me right when i just come in there and just like smash up their show and everyone's just like hey yeah that was trash fuck yeah, you it could be done there's a way to do it in the right way that people wouldn't like it at the time but they'd appreciate it because your art was so good yeah yeah you, you'd kind of be the ultimate heckler right like um yeah it's like it's like heckling but with something behind it yep <laughs> it's like we have this thing in like in the renegade show it's called a clash where if renegade show is like an open stage for like juggling and circus that happens at conventions and it's basically if you're doing something but i'm in the audience i feel i can do it better than this person i can clash it i just shout clash stand up and walk on the stage and try to do what the person's doing then if you do it better that person can clash your clash by trying to do something better and better so it can be a bit it can be a bit in good fun because if you kind of know someone can do something a bit better you can kind of force them to pull something out or thing but it can also be very mean-spirited if someone's doing something a bit shit but maybe it's their first time on a stage and someone just goes up yeah that's how oh, you're juggling three balls clash. you know so it kind of has like this is the thing like this idea you're coming up with could be done in one way which makes it good and could be done in a terrible way or it could be done in both ways yeah i i i think i i have to say i, I think i'm i think i'm a bit too um what's the word uh 
I could just never do that. <laughs> but I was just, I, mean, no, I was just, I, think I, could. I was just fascinated, fascinated with, with the idea one day that, like, yeah, this is something that kind of just it like with with the amount of like, I mean, not to rail too much on art, but like some some artists are very self righteous in their in the way that they present their art, um, and yeah. um, and due to that self righteousness, um, sometimes people take uh, take themselves the liberty to do whatever the fuck they want. And uh, which may or may not not come in 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 good t- taste, basically. So um, yeah, I, I, that's the kind of thing. Like to do art, like art for public consumption, you do have to have a certain level of self confidence in what you're doing. Yeah, true. And there is just there can be sometimes a fine line between self confident enough to present my work, but still kind of and total cunt. I don't even say humble, but like you know, just matter of fact about it, really. Mm. And then there is like I have gone beyond self confident enough to do this, and I've turned into something else. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, indeed, indeed. Maybe the art doesn't back up that thing. That's the thing. If the art backs it up, then it's fine. You can be a dick. But if the art doesn't back it up, then we're in a weird situation. They're very weird, and I've I've, I've seen that happen too many times. It it it's it's right. very it's very painful. <laughs> oh man, you missed the whole London scene, like in not in the circus scene, but in the visual art scene that friends when we're in there's a lot of them doing like visual arts using video as you know just what we're talking about using video as their main thing and then editing it but they couldn't do anything they had no thing but they had to try and make it interesting so like one of the things they watched was some woman struggling to open a can of beans with a can opener and i had to it was one of the things like our friends were doing a showing of some of these things in the warehouse so we had to go sit through some of these struggling to open a can of beans with a can opener just struggling. Now, this is the thing. She came from one of the art schools, Central St. Martin's, which is renowned for having possibly people of a wealthier status. So maybe she wasn't actually struggling with the tin opener. She just never opened a can of beans with a tin opener before, <laughs> and her servants already done that. There is a risk of that. But uh, then once she got it open, she proceeded to try and smear the beans on herself. Yeah, but classic. the problem is she wasn't gratuitous enough on this i don't think she really wanted to smear herself with beans but she decided this was her art mm. so we had to watch this in black and white with a weird soundtrack of some woman trying to smear herself with beans and uh yeah yeah struggled I've, 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 I've watched a fair yeah. like a, a significant fair share of, of that kind of stuff and again i i can even appreciate some very weird stuff sometimes uh which can be cool but then again like does it been known to be does a connoisseur it, does, of the weird. does it does it justify the weird that is that is definitely not always that is that is the case yeah. i'd have to say like it is just kind of like okay now we're just being like i found one criteria actually that i still think holds pretty well quite often of course no criteria always holds in all contexts but um uh, <clears throat> there's one that like with with the presentation of of stuff and also like in the relating to like the video we spoke about and stuff that like yeah. um if you can like if you're on st- or if, if what you're presenting whether or not that is like yeah, in video format or if it's like on stage or on like visual arts on on a canvas or whatnot like <clears throat> yeah. it feels to me that at least like that if 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 you can replace the primary kind of concept and things that are happening with anything else and it still would feel the same then i yeah. then i at least personally start having a problem with it such as like i watch a performance of someone rolling a stone around the room for 45 minutes 
And first of all, like it outstayed its welcome on purpose, which this type of art very often does. And sometimes it can <laughs> it can be like it's interesting, it's boring. Oh my god, this is boring. Oh, it gets interesting again. It can it can work? I've seen that work. But um, like in this particular moment, it was like if if she was sitting and and pulling apart a cardboard box for 45 minutes, I'd feel the same. If she was just yeah. sitting still, I'd feel the same. If she was like melting snow in a fucking like uh, um, pot, yeah, like, yeah, I'd I'd feel the same. Like, well, that actually would be more interesting because then you would see you would see something happening. Like, hey, there was snow, now <laughs> there is water. Like, you would actually like you'd you would observe that. But when you're like just seeing something, where like there is seemingly no no regard for the audience's experience in terms of like. Because a lot of that art yeah. is like very like process oriented, as they call it, which can be fine. Like okay, this artist's kind of like experience with what they're doing—that's what you're observing. But then, like okay, yeah. is is something? Is there a kind of a transformation happening? Is there something happening here that is, is engaging, or does is it the yeah. kind of thing where like if you did this in your own basement without an audience, then it's the same? Then like it's not it's not always a criteria, but like it's not, it's one that I kind of feel that like. Is, is quite strong and like like an example with this video with the girls like if they if they changed something if, if there was one performer it wouldn't be the same if they used square blocks instead of round ones it definitely wouldn't be the same if they used color yeah. instead of black and white it definitely wouldn't be the same there are like there are particular choices that create a, like a feel yeah. and an aesthetic that comes and that is specific and i think that is like one one of the things that like primarily like keeps it engaging for me because then I feel that okay there are choices made here and those choices are particular they the the people that are doing it has been thinking about this rather than like this seems to be like randomly kind of like shimmied together and like sometimes it feels like okay yeah so the person's probably spent two and a half years on this but it does seem seem like it's been shimmied together in 14 minutes yeah sometimes that can be a bit difficult <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I think you nailed it. So basically, this is the problem with art as well. Like now that we're a bit more involved in the art scene and have art happening in our house and stuff like that, it's kind of, you have to make a lot of shit art to get good art. Yep. And I think that applies to like your own personal process, but then art in general, because like, you know, you just have to, has to it, I don't know, there's an inherent amount of failure in the art world that you just have to accept. That it's like there's casualties on the path of like people who just tried and tried and tried and just never made it or never their art wasn't appreciated. Maybe in fifty years' time after they're dead, people will be like, Oh shit, this stuff was amazing. Mm. And these kind of things are just like it is interesting, whereas, you know, it's I don't know. That's the thing. Eating beans with a tin can that you couldn't open, maybe like in fifty years' time, but like I was there when she'd done her amazing bean eating performance. Mm -hmm. I seen it like one of the first showings. It was amazing. There is, or maybe not. There is one. Um, there's one good word or like uh, expression, like a friend of mine told me uh, a long time ago. Uh, he said that like with art, it's very often expo ergo sum, uh, it, like relating to the uh, the old uh, Descartes, uh, cogito ergo sum, like I think therefore I am. Yeah. This is like uh, I'm shown therefore I am. So like basically the argument was <laughs> that like sometimes what matters like or like it, it's it's context what matters like you put it in the gallery and suddenly it's art and there are artists that have done like kind of 
stuff relating to that. Just okay, I just I'm just gonna on purpose take some shit and put it in the gallery and then like, get that to be treated as an art piece because people expect that from it due to the context it's being exp- yeah. like exposition like there, there's exposition of it in a certain place and that gives it like an artistic legitimacy even though it's just not like no one thought about this they actually did it for a joke um so yeah. i definitely think that like that is a that, that it's all about the frame it's all about a frame and yeah as long as you put it in a frame it's art can be a bit um it's always it's always an interesting discussion though because people will like different things and blah 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 and like interpretation but uh yeah after having seen a lot of it um i don't know i think this the idea of like there's you know if people have ever heard of the guy, a russian mystic called gurdjieff and he had this idea of objective and subjective and that we that there is his idea is that that there was an objective reality and that there's points of it and all this, and that there was like objective truths and blah, blah, blah. But one of the things was like, there was objective art. There was art that when you, when you look at it, when everyone looks at it, they'll experience the same thing because of their, their shared quality of humanity. So it doesn't matter if you're from a uncontacted tribe in Africa all the way to high European society at the time, they'll all experience the same emotional reaction. Now their reaction to the emotion might be the same, but you know, we try this, we go like, oh, listen to this music. Okay, you listen to some trap house. It's like, oh, it's not really doing it for me, but it might be doing it for someone else or rap or metal, blah, blah, blah. Not really getting it there with music. Not really getting it there with art. But I think a lot of modern art have actually achieved objective art by being shit. <laughs> where we just go like, it's just objectively shit. We show it to everyone. The artist knows it's shit who made it. The audience knows it's shit. There's a little game we play in our reaction to the shit. I've tried to <laughs> justify it, maybe. But we all know it's shit. So we've kind of made this, like, the goal of the deep mystics and all these kind of things to make objectivity in reality. Unfortunately, it's not for the splendor we'd expect and awestruck and thing. It's just shit. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that, that's an interesting one. So it, 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 sol- it solved the question of a great... Uh... Of a great uh, Russian mystic, even that is um, that yeah. is brilliant. So you know, there you go, there we go. We have solved objective art. Yes, done. So I think that's a great uh, note to yeah. uh, to end on because, like, yeah, we just solved art. So now, now you know. Cool. Now you can just go on with your life knowing that you don't need to think about it because we solved it. There's no need to look at art anymore. Mm. You've done easy. Or not? Just stay tuned to the podcast. Yeah. Next we'll time we'll talk about handstands. Yes. Next time we'll talk about handstand. Hopefully, will we? Probably true crime. It's a true crime podcast now. (laughs) Okay, let me hit the outro music. The Handstand Cast is brought to you by Handstand Factory and is produced by Motion Impulse. Thanks for tuning in. You can find a full transcript of each episode, along with the show notes and any relevant references, on handstandfactory.com/podcast. Thanks to Isaac for editing and Jordan for transcriptions. Music by Daniel Horwath. If you want to support the show, you can buy us a coffee on buymeacoffee.com or consider starting one of our Handstand Factory online programs. Links are in the show notes.